0: Hey there, we are so glad you're listening. My name is Art Wright and I'm the pastor of Williamsburg Baptist Church in Williamsburg, Virginia. This is our weekly podcast in which we share the sermon from this week's worship. This sermon was recorded for worship on May 30th, 2021, 2021, and it is based on Genesis 11 verses 1 through 9, which is the famous Tower of Babel story. The sermon title is Babel On. And this is the beginning of our summer sermon series. We're calling it Childhood Stories of the Bible Revisited, in which we reread scripture, much beloved children's stories of scripture as adults and look and discover that there are layers and layers of meaning uh, in it. No matter what decade of life we're in, we continue to find uh, that we have not fully mined scripture or exhausted scripture of all its meanings for us. And so we're hoping that this is a very um, is a fun series on the one hand, uh, but also a very meaningful series as we revisit some beloved stories from our childhoods. For those of you that grew up in church listening to some of these stories, my hunch is that we'll inevitably find that we don't remember all the details like we thought we did, so I'd encourage you to read the scripture before you listen to the podcast uh, or afterwards or, or spend some time with it thinking about how it's different than you remember from your childhood. We as a church are continuing to emerge from the throes of the pandemic. We have lifted our cap on the number of folks that can attend in-person worship on Sunday mornings at 11 right now. So uh, we'd love for you to join us in person if you feel safe doing so. We are, for the time being, still asking folks to wear masks, although that we are continuing to watch the metrics. And our most up-to-date information is on our website under COVID-19 updates. So if you head over to www.williamsburgbaptist.com, you can find the latest and greatest news there. We also have some updates on summer spiritual formation classes that we're offering in person and also via Zoom. So we'd love for you to check them out. Uh, and we'd love to see you in person or virtually. We'll take whatever we can get. You can also email me at pastor at williamsburgbaptist.com if you just want to reach out and connect. That's enough for me for now. I, I really do hope you enjoyed this sermon and hope it's meaningful to you in your own spiritual walk. God bless you this week, and enjoy. Did you know there are something like 7,000 languages spoken around the world today? Deb's children's sermon would have been a lot longer still if she'd gone through all of the different ways to say hello this morning. But because we're looking at the story of the Tower of Babel this morning, I brought some interesting facts to share with you because I was curious and I thought you might be interested too. Do you know the most widely spoken language in the world? Anybody want to take a stab? I heard Latin. I heard Mandarin. Anybody else? English? It really depends on how you count. If you say take Chinese as a whole, Chinese is the most widely spoken language of the world. If you're just talking about Mandarin, English is actually more widely spoken, but those are the top two, Chinese and English. And then from there, it's a big step down to Hindi and Spanish. But did you know that there are more than 200 fake languages that people in the world have developed for series such as Star Trek and Lord of the Rings and so forth? They clearly have more time on their hands than I do. Do you know what the most translated book in the history of the world is? That's right, right this right here. And Papua New Guinea has the distinction of having more languages in that country than any other country in the world at 840 We could go on and on. There's so many interesting facts about language. I learned that by one estimate, there are at least one million words in the English language. And most of us know somewhere between twenty and 35,000. So we have a long ways to go, even as English learners. Go figure. Language fascinates me. And the diversity and complexity of it lies at the root of today's scripture reading. Especially this question. Why are there so many languages in the world? Have you ever stopped to think about it? A linguist could probably tell you how languages evolve over time. How the geographic spread of people around the globe affected the development of languages. How there's different families of language such as romance languages and Semitic languages and so forth, and how even war and conquest and even terrain or topography affect the development and diversity of languages. But even linguists can only guess at some of the fundamental questions that remain surrounding the historical origins and development of language. There's still some big questions loom. Linguists hold different views about whether or not there was originally one human language in the beginning, or whether language developed independently in different locations. They don't know for sure. It's an intriguing question, though. For the ancient Hebrew people, today's scripture reading, the story of the Tower of Babel, is an attempt to explain the diversity of the languages of the world. I'll use a technical term just briefly. It's an etiology. It's an origin story or an origin myth, we might even say, to explain where languages came from. And there are a number of origin myths about languages from different cultures all over the world, but this is how the ancient Hebrews explained it. At this point in Genesis, the flood has happened. Noah and his family have been saved from death and destruction. We'll visit that story later in the summer. Genesis 10 lists all of Noah's descendants, all of the generations that come after him. Just as Adam and Eve were fruitful and multiplied, so did Noah and his wife's descendants. And so we arrive at Genesis 11, verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. The people began to migrate to the land of Shinar, which is probably ancient Babylonia. Between the Tigris and Euphrates River rivers, one of the cradles of civilization, the people settled down and began to build bricks and then a city and then a tower with its top in the heavens. It's most likely a ziggurat if you're familiar with that type of tower common in that point of the world. And it does give a motive for their building project. Let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered upon the face of the whole earth. It is curious, I was curious to note this week, that the word pride doesn't occur in the text at all. So often when we hear this story, we talk about pride. And the fact that the people of Babel are prideful because they want to make a name for themselves. Some of us might even say they're rebellious against God because they want to reach all the way up to heaven, the very domain of God. It's not only prideful, but perhaps an attempt to usurp God's domain and God's place in the scheme of things. And these are all things that we can probably all of us relate to from time to time. But... This point seems clear to me too. It's not just pride or a desire to make a name for themselves. It's the root cause of what's going on here. Look, If you look at verse 4, their base motive for their building project is fear. They don't want to be scattered all over the face of the earth. Perhaps if we build this landmark, we can see it from all around. We'll feel connected. We'll feel rooted in this place and we won't be dispersed. Perhaps we'll survive as a people group. And it's an understandable desire, I think, to remain connected and rooted in one place. But it just happens to run counter to the purposes of God in Genesis. Do you remember what God said to the first humans? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth. What I have created is good. And I want to spread my blessing over the entire earth. And they did that. And then sin overran them. And God sends the great flood. But then after the flood, God says the exact same thing to Noah and his children. Be fruitful and multiply. And fill the whole earth. The exact same words. The exact same command. Share my blessing. Share my goodness with the entire earth. And yet, in today's story, the descendants of Noah and his wife resist that command. Let's stay here. Let's build a city. Let's put down roots. And so, verse 5, God comes down to see the city and see the tower. And at this point, it may be that God is the one who is fearful of what humanity might become. This is only the beginning of what they will do, God says. Nothing that they propose to do from now on will be impossible for them. So God gets creative once again. God creates and multiplies languages. God muddles and confuses their languages. And they sound like they're babbling to one another. Dispirited, they disband and scatter over the face of the earth but please notice this the divine scattering is not necessarily punishment or curse diversity of language and culture is not curse Pentecost thousands of years later which we talked about last week will prove that The confusion of languages in today's story is for the purposes of fulfilling God's divine plan in the world so that people fill the earth, so that God's blessing fills the earth. It's not hard to believe these days that humanity has limitless potential. Right? This thing in my hand will allow me to communicate with just about anybody in the entire world. 7.65 billion people, according to Google yesterday. Can you believe it? And if I don't speak their language, I can use this and it will translate it for me. I can communicate with almost anyone on the face of the earth. We can make all the bricks together that we want if we can get over our differences. We can build tall buildings and slap our names on them. Plenty of people do that. But even our attempts to make a name for ourselves aren't limited to buildings, are they? I know I feel the temptation at times to make a name for myself as an individual or to make a name for us as a church. I want to write a bestseller. I want to have a wildly successful YouTube or TikTok channel. I'm actually not on TikTok, so that's not a dream of mine. Maybe it is for you. Get a PhD. Have the most vibrant church or the tallest steeple in town. The inclination of humanity is inward and upward, right? Our logo as a church is a spire. Our inclination as a church is similar. Let's gather. Let's grow. Let's start new programs. Let's try to get more people in the pews, especially in the wake of the pandemic. I feel it. But I think that the story of the Tower of Babel is a helpful corrective for those days in which we might be tempted to think, let's make a name for ourselves, or let's make a name for Williamsburg Baptist Church. God's purposes are almost entirely opposite. The movement of God in the world is downward and outward. God says, you want to plant your flag here and build yourself up? But I am sending you into the world to be a blessing. I am sending you out those doors or out those doors. Not that people will know your name, but so that people will know my name. It's a challenge to us as we think about the mission of the church. Let's make bricks. Let's build programs. Let's attract people. Let's get big. The old model of the church is if you build it, they will come. But it doesn't necessarily work like that anymore, does it? Think back to last week in Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes down upon believers and then sends them outward into the streets, speaking different languages, sharing good news of God's love in their communities and eventually all over the world. And by the way, that's how the church grows after they're faithful to their calling of the Holy Spirit, after they move outward and into the streets. Folks, I think it's coming. I really do, as we emerge from the pandemic. The temptation is to look around and say, wow, it's not a lot of folks in the building today. But it's been amazing to see us growing week after week and month after month. New faces in the pews, familiar faces returning, more folks watching online. And each week we get a little bit, we feel a little bit safer gathering together. But I think we have to avoid the temptation as we regather to hunker down and build up just so we grow as a church. Instead, our calling is to be faithful to our task and our mission as the church. We have to be open to the Holy Spirit among us, driving us outward from this sanctuary so we might spread God's blessing to Williamsburg, surrounding counties, and eventually the whole world. Sound good? Sounds good. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God.